Good morning. It's wake and take. It's not Jason Alwine. It's said Dewald. I've I've hijacked wake and take, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, I can uh, fill in for him. Hopefully, I can do a good job here this morning. Good morning, everybody in the chat. We got Jav in the chat. We got Fantasy Plumber in the chat talking about Lad McConkey already. It's almost like you looked at my list of players that are rising up the rankings as we speak this my my name is kind of in in the way of my chin here um but we'll we'll make it work we'll make it work um good morning anthony uh jason in the chat jason who hosts this show monday through friday every day during the week incredible um well hey maybe who knows uh so here we go. Here we go. I I don't know if you guys uh, listened to Colin Cowherd yesterday, but uh, he said he he broke a little news, said a little news, said a little something. Uh, call, if you don't know who Colin Cowherd is, he's this generation's uh, hot take artist. And I'm not saying he's not connected to Caleb Williams because he is. He's a USC fan. He said Caleb Williams on the show. He probably knows the family a little bit. But he said out loud for everyone to hear that Caleb Williams does not want to play for the Chicago Bears. And as your resident Bears fan, I had a whole show sheet today, and I'm going to talk about the five rookies that are rising up the ranks. I will get into the rookie content, maybe even give you some more rookies. We'll talk all the rookies uh, towards the end of the show, but I had the whole show planned, and then I realized, oh, Colin Cowherd opened his mouth yesterday and said that Caleb Williams does not want to play for the Chicago Bears. Well, let me let me tell you this, all right? The Bears have the number one overall pick. Caleb Williams is quite possibly, according not to just me, but many, many analysts out there, one of the best prospects that we have ever seen at the quarterback position best since Andrew Luck is what some people are saying if Caleb Williams if you think about the Chicago Bears the Chicago Bears should not have the number one overall pick right there they're at pick nine they have DJ Moore their offensive line improved they have Cole Komet who's a fine tight end who they just signed last year they they brought in the all-star of all-star coaching staffs Shane Waldron was the best offensive coordinator on the market, Thomas Brown, who's their passing game coordinator now, interviewed for head coaching jobs, and he's their passing game coordinator. Who do you want to go play for if, if not the Chicago Bears? Do you want to play for your hometown Washington Commanders? And oh, by the way, if, if the Commanders, like, they're going to have to give up assets to the Bears to trade up like Carolina did last year. I think you're so the team's going to be weaker. My point being there's not a better situation out of those top teams that could potentially trade up for Caleb Williams. I mean, you go through the list, Washington, you might have to give up Terry McLaurin or plus draft capital, uh plus players on the defense. The Patriots, I mean, come on. You got to be kidding me here. Uh, Tennessee, like, 
what are we what are we doing what are we talking about why would you like outside of oh chicago's th- this was the quote chicago's never developed a quarterback oh she, yeah, yeah well lovey smith's not coaching the team anymore man and i know matt eberflus is not you know bill parcells or bill belichick i understand that i get it but chicago did just about everything they could do to bring in an offensive coaching staff that is out of this world good with the offensive coordinator like they basically have two offensive coordinators on staff and by the way you don't hire those guys those guys don't come to chicago if they don't think that they're going to work with caleb williams right so like they're going to come here and try to resurrect just justin fields in year four no work with matt eberflus who if they stick with justin fields could be out the door next year if he if things don't go well why would they risk that and and oh by the way it's not just me saying it it's albert breer saying you, you want to know why some of the, the bears were able to get all these people because of the the potential to coach Caleb Williams. Okay. So what what do I think this means in the big picture? And really all we have to do is go to Instagram for the answer. That's all we have to do. Because Caleb Williams changed his Instagram picture. And it's it, from what I understand unless he's changed it again and it's him of a, as a, as a little kid and you want to know what shirt uh, he's wearing? He's wearing a shirt that has a bear on it. So, hey, uh, here, here's what I have to say to Colin Cowherd. Uh, it's 100% in my mind that the Bears are drafting Caleb Williams. It's not a question at this point. They're going to draft him, and, and and Caleb Williams is going to embrace one of the biggest markets in the world, in the Chicago market, and he has the potential to be, if if he can take Chicago deep into the playoffs, I mean, are you kidding me? Think of what that will do to the city and what the city will think of him and what that will do for him in turn. I mean, don't want to play for Chicago. I, I I, it's to me, it's about as reckless as you can be on live television, but Hey, he's connected. He does know things. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but anyway, I have to, I had to get that off my chest as your resident bears fan and tortured soul on the player profiler airwaves had to get that out of, out of my system. So thank you for bearing with me. All right. As we get to, as we move on here, as we move on. Here we go. All right. So let, let's talk briefly about some some developing stories here. Like these coaches, man, Ben Johnson, Bobby Sloak. I think it's funny that they're just saying, you know what? Nah. You know what? Yeah, Caleb Williams uh wants to go play for Washington, but Ben Johnson doesn't want to coach the team. <laughs> if if Washington were getting Ben or if, if Washington were getting Caleb Williams and Ben Johnson turned down that job, can you imagine? Like, what? So Ben Johnson was their number one choice. They hired Dan or they, yeah, they hired Dan Quinn yesterday. 
I heard Dan Quinn, who was, you know, they, by all reports, they wanted Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson said, no, I'm going to go back to Detroit. Bobby Slowick, same story. These offensive coordinators who were, by all accounts, the top coaching candidates out there said, no, thanks. We're going back to we're, we're going back to base. We're going uh, Bobby. But who can blame Bobby Slowick? I mean, CJ Stroud, he's got he, why would you want to leave that unless you have just the ultimate job? So these coaches are saying, yeah, you know what? The chance to go coach a historic franchise in the Washington Commanders. They've got the number two pick. They have a ton of cap space. We can do just about anything in that situation. We get to pick our quarterback if we want to. Heck, apparently Caleb Williams doesn't want to play for the Bears, so maybe we can get Caleb Williams. No, thank you. I'll go back to Detroit. I'll go back to Houston. Like, it's crazy. Like, and, and good for them. If they don't believe that the situation is set up for them to succeed, or if it's not the right fit for them, then that's good for them. That's the right decision. But I'm just saying that these opportunities to be the head coach of a net, I mean, it's going to be a cliche, but there's only 32 of those jobs, right? It's only 32. So the opportunity to have the number two pick, to have all of this cap space, I know the roster is in shambles in Washington, but man, oh man, for them, both of them, uh, Ben Johnson specifically, to turn down that job, that tells me that these coaches are becoming more aware of their situations and making smarter decisions and not just jumping into the first opportunity because, oh my God, I have the opportunity to coach an NFL team. No, 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 no. You're in a good position. You're in a good position. Both of these guys are. You can kind of, you can sit back and wait for the opportunity to come to you for the right fit. And as a result, the Washington Commanders have Dan Quinn as their coach. And Dan Quinn's a good coach, right? He did some nice things with that Cowboys defense, not against the Packers, but like he's, he's a, he's a good, fine coach. It's, it's about as probably as good as they could have done given the situation. So I find that an interesting development that the top, the hottest names in the coaching market are, are passing on Washington, but supposedly Washington, uh, according to Colin Cowherd is destined to land Caleb Williams. It's a foregone conclusion. You might, might as well go put money on it um, in Vegas right now, if this, if such a thing is possible. And the last thing that I want to talk about before I get into these rookies, Super Bowl, I'm not going to give you my pick. All right. It's too early for that. We cannot give Super Bowl picks two weeks before the Super Bowl or a week and a half before the Super Bowl or however long. February 11th is the Super Bowl. We're nine days away. And I had some thoughts about, see, like this is the problem. See, this when you give me my daily show it would just turn into a Bears talk show is what it would turn into. See, they can't do that here. Maybe someday when we get a little bit bigger, but see, Jason is, you know, a little bit, but, but I'm, I'm going to talk Super Bowl here and I'm going to talk specifically about the Kansas City Chiefs and how they were able to get to the point where they are. And it's amazing. Like all year, I mean, it wasn't that long ago before, but like they were, they lost to the Las Vegas Raiders this year in, in a game that they had no business losing to Aiden O'Connell. In the very same stadium, by the way, that they're going to play the Super Bowl in, and and all they do in this postseason is they they beat the Dolphins at home, 
And then they go on the road and they beat the Bills. Now I know Sean McDermott, like Mr. Conservative, uh, thought the field goal would have won the game, but you know it it really was supposed to tie the game. So you can blame the kicker all you want to, but that the Chiefs ended up winning the game. And then this last week, where the defense just plays out of their minds again, aided by the Legarius Need punch out. Um, and I, I, I got to thinking, I mean, six AFC championship games in a row, only one of them, he had to go on the road. They're, they're the Patriots. They're, they're, they're like, like how else they, they, they're just teams that find ways to win despite what the media is telling you, despite what the paper is saying, oh, like the Ravens have all these players. Oh, Josh Allen's so good. Like doesn't at the end of the day, doesn't matter because you have 15 under center and you have that coaching staff over there with Andy Reid, Steve Spagnola, who put together one of the best game plans I've watched to contain Lamar Jackson. And and it's and these other teams like Sean McDermott, what are you doing? Like, let's go for the touchdown there. Let's not play for a field goal. Todd Munkin, what are you doing? Let's run the ball with Gus Edwards. That was working. Like, what are we doing? Why are we dropping back with Lamar Jackson, right? And Zay Flowers is going to be a really good player, and that's been, you know, that's been that point has been beaten like a dead horse, so we won't do that. But these teams just make mistakes in crucial moments and the teams that figure out ways to win, ergo the Chiefs, here they are in the Super Bowl. Guess what? 49ers, here we are again in the Super Bowl. There are just some teams that find ways to win, and they get there. They get the job done. And that's what the Kansas City Chiefs are. They're this version of the New England Patriots. They are. And I, again, I'm not going to give a pick. I'm not going to give a pick. But that Chiefs defense is one of the most underrated. They're still not getting respected by some people, even though they have three difference makers at each level of the defense. Legereus Sneed's incredible. Nick Bolton, unbelievable. One of the best linebackers in the NFL. And, of course, we all know Chris Jones is amazing. They have all those three impact players in, on their defense. And, they're, and they found a way to win with their defense and not a Patrick Mahomes. I mean, dare I say... In that Ravens game, Patrick Mahomes turned into a phrase that we only assign to the quarterbacks that we hate the most. He was a game manager. But they won the game, man. And that's what all that's all that counts. That's all that counts. Is they won the game. We are going to take a short break. And when we take that break, or after we take that break, I will give you the five rookies that are rising up the rankings after the senior bowl. But first, we have a message from the Podfather from Underdog. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically Underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you could 100x your payout on Underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. 
So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 you can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode, so we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than, Madison, less than, but also Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. Go start picking with promo code UNDERWORLD. I had to get rid of the Seth thing. It looked like an extension of my chin that looked unnatural. So thank you, Jason, for making the overlay. But it may, I, I kept doing this head bobbing thing, and so it's gone now. Seth Dewald is gone from the wake and take overlay, but it's fine. It's it. We're good. We're fine. And now I'm I'm going to give you my five rookies that are going to be rising up the rankings. These are five rookies that you are going to want to know about. Come your rookie draft. Come the NFL draft. And the first player that I'm going to talk about. And it might be, I don't even know if this is a secret at this point, but Roman Wilson is really good at football. Roman Wilson is six foot, about 180 pounds, played all four years at Michigan. During his senior season, he caught 48 passes, 789 yards, 12 touchdowns. And if you think about it, that's really good production in a Michigan system with a running back like Blake Corum. They played a run-heavy Jim Harbaugh-style offense. And on tape, Wilson is, is as technical as it gets as a route runner. And you saw it at the Senior Bowl. Like, he just got open. And the thing that is shocking to me about Wilson is you watch him and you go, oh, like, yeah, he gets open. Yeah, he's a great route runner. But he doesn't, like, he he's not that fast. You know, he can't be that fast. Well, actually, he is. He, he's probably going to run a 4-3-4-4, 40-yard dash somewhere in there. At least that's what I've I've seen I've, I've seen out there in the world. Who knows what he's actually going to run, but that's probably what he's going to run. So actually, he is deceptively fast. But that speed doesn't show up on tape. Like, but it's just fluid the way he plays. And Daniel Jeremiah had a, had a comp for him. And it was honestly, I'm, and I'm not trying to you know say that I thought of this before Daniel Jeremiah, but Maybe I did. Um, he recently compared him to Jaden Reed. And honestly, I was thinking this is this version. This is this draft's version of Jaden Reed. Like this guy is 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 a fantastic football player. And he's going to go way too late in your rookie draft. He, he's probably going to go in the second round in your single quarterback rookie drafts. He's He might even go in the third round of your super flex rookie drafts. And he's going to be a steal. He's going to be, he is, he is a baller. The next guy we're going to talk about is Malachi Corley. Malachi Corley is a really good football player. He's 5'11, 210, 215 pounds, kind of got that Debo Samuel body type. Played for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. And he had three really, really productive seasons for them. And as a junior, and I had to do a double take. He caught 101 passes for 1,295 yards, 
and 11 touchdowns. And on tape, like basically Western Kentucky just tried to get this guy the ball. It's almost like their game plan was, uh, okay, um, on first down, we're, we're going to do a toss to Malachi Corley. On second down, we're going to run a wide receiver screen with Malachi Corley. And then on third down, we're going to pass it down the field to Malachi Corley. Uh, that, and that's our offensive game plan, and, and that's what we're going to do because they used him everywhere, like in, in all facets of the game. And it, like you can't help but like think Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel. Like you can't help but think this guy's an amazing athlete after the catch because he is just go watch the game against uh i think it was oh god I'm, I'm spacing on it right now but there was a play where he basically broke a tackle on the sidelines and took it to the, to the house on a play that he had no business yet he, he should have been tackled out of bounds but corley is an athlete that it's very clear western kentucky just wanted to get the ball and he's a little bit raw but there's no doubt that his physical skills and his route running ability translates to the NFL. And he had a really good senior bowl by all those people that I trust that are there, like Jason Alwine, Matty Kiwum isn't there, but Cody Carpentier is. Speaking of Matty Kiwum, he gave me a little tidbit on Marshawn Lloyd. And if you haven't read his article, he's been giving these reaction to the senior bowl articles basically risers and fallers. And one of his risers was Marshawn Lloyd. And in a class that's devoid of running backs, you know, and I know, we've all seen the the running backs rise up the rankings because of a lack of, you know, because of a lack of people, lack of the position is lacking. So it creates this weird economy where, oh, I need a running back. I'm going to draft a running back too early. And and one of these running backs that I think is going to get some steam or some helium, because helium is, is what makes balloons float in the air, is uh, Marshawn Lloyd. And here's what Maddie wrote in his article. But you should go check out the full article. He says, heading into Mobile, Marshawn Lloyd needed to prove that he was more than just a two-down grinder. After day two of the Senior Bowl, Lloyd can handle whatever workload an NFL team puts on his plate. He, met, he has made that perfectly clear. Lloyd is checking all the boxes at the Senior Bowl. Size, check. Aggressive running style, check. Asset in the passing game, check. So that was the worry. The worry with Marshawn Lloyd was, can he be effective on third downs? Is he just going to be there on first and second down? Can he be this bell cow that we need him to be in fantasy football? And you want to know what? He's proving that he can do that at the senior bowl. And he's proving that he should probably be amongst the best running backs in the, like he should probably be up there with Braylon Allen and Trey Benson and some of these other running backs. So we'll see if he gets there, but chances are you're probably going to get a pretty sweet deal on Marshawn Lloyd in your, in your rookie drafts. Now let's get to it. Let's get to the guy. Okay. Let's get to it. And who said it? The fantasy plumber said it. He says if McConkey goes to the Chiefs, he will jump to the top of tier the tier two wide receiver, and that's pro- that's possible. That's that, that's very possible. Um, he also said, "I have a good buddy that's a Bears fan. It's a sad life. You're not you're not kidding there. Uh, but if we get Caleb Williams, it might be a little bit better." Lad McConkey, Lad McConkey, Lad McConkey, six foot, about 180, 185 pounds ish. 
played at Georgia. His best season came during his his junior year where he caught 58 passes, 762 yards. And if you're just looking at the stats, you're going, well, why didn't he have as good of a year his senior year? And the answer is because he was dealing with a high ankle sprain, I believe. But he, he was dealing with injuries. But in his senior year, he averaged 15.9 yards per reception, which is which was his best. Like, that's the best mark he's ever achieved yards per reception. And while he's not the fastest wide receiver, because I was surprised when I looked up his 40, it says 459, 459-40. And the 40's not everything, right? We we know this. If the 40 were everything, you know, that Ross kid that the Bengals drafted would have been amazing. Henry Ruggs, if he had not gone to prison, would have been amazing, right? The 40 is not everything, but it is it is a, a statistical measurement that we need to pay attention to. But when you watch the tape of Lad McConkey running routes, and then with the ball in his hand after the catch. It's like, this guy's got, like, he might not have blazing speed, straight line speed, but he knows how to get away from people. And you, you watch, it, like, this guy must run like a 4-4. Four, four. And, and, but he doesn't. But he's got football speed. He's got, like, for, I don't know if that's a bro science term. I'd have to check with Maddie Kiwum, but like, he's just fast on tape and he's quick and he's shifty and he's just good. Like, he's just a good football player. And he's going to go like the seat. He had a good senior bowl. And some people that, I, that I t- I'm talking to, and not, not any like, you know, Adam Schefter types, but they, they think that McConkie's going to get drafted a lot higher than people think. There, and I think I think he's going to because the more I watch, the more I'm like, oh my, oh my goodness! Like this guy is actually like not that I was surprised that you know of what I'm seeing, but he's a good football player. He's a really good football player. So Lad McConkey, number four on my list, and the last player on my list is a bit of a wild card actually, and that's Javon Baker. Javon Baker is a 6'1", 205, 210-pound-ish wide receiver. He actually played uh, two seasons at Alabama before he transferred to UCF. And Baker, he had a monster season at UCF. He caught 52 passes this past year, 1,139 yards, scored seven touchdowns. He averaged 21.9 yards per catch. Um, he was also really productive his junior season he, where he caught 56 passes, 796 yards, scored five touchdowns. And he he's going to be an outside receiver, and he's going to be a deep play threat, but he's also really good after the catch. So I, I do think even though he lines up primarily outside, he's more of a versatile wide receiver than I think UCF used him as, and I think an NFL team's going to see that. And I think he's going to be drafted a little bit higher than people think. Uh, the data says he should run somewhere. He runs anywhere between 4-4 four, four and 4-5, four, like high 4-4s, four, uh, low 4-5s. He's not really as technical of a route runner as some of these other players, but he's not he's not terrible either. He like He's definitely a guy who wins with his speed and physicality. And like I said, he's more of a deep threat. Um, but... Again, if he develops some of the skills that I think he has the ability to develop, like his footwork, his route running, this guy, this guy could be really, really good. Like he, like Javon Baker's could be really, really good. Um. So anyway, those are my five guys, and I'll give you one more that I don't think he was at the Senior Bowl, 
but it's a guy I like. And I, I, I'm getting like pushback from people that I didn't think I would get pushback from. Um, so you can let me know what you think in the chat. Maybe I just maybe I need to watch more film. But what from what I've seen, I really like. And I think he might be my guy this year. That 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 it might be fun for me to just stand on my on the hill and die here. Uh, but that's Jermaine Burton uh, from Alabama. Okay, Jermaine Burton, six foot, good size, six foot, one hundred ninety five, two hundred pounds, somewhere in there. Uh, played for Georgia and then transferred to Alabama. And during his senior season, thirty nine passes hauled in, seven hundred ninety eight yards, eight touchdowns. And what I really liked about Burton, which I thought was rare, and maybe this is, who knows, a, a nothing burger, but he produced over 400 yards receiving in every single year, playing for Alabama, playing for Georgia. And on tape, Burton is really good in a lot of areas. He has great footwork, consistently displayed the ability to get open in all areas of the field, short, intermediate, deep. And what makes him dangerous is not only the fact that he's a good route runner, because I believe he is, but he has 4-3-1 speed. Like, people are going crazy about Xavier Leggett because he runs 4-2-9. People are going crazy about Xavier Worthy because he runs 4-2-9. Well, Burton's pretty fast, too. And he completely took over the game against Texas A&M. And, and what I like a lot is he shows up in these big moments. There was a play against Georgia in the, I think it was the 2023 SEC championship game where he caught a touchdown. He was out leveraged by the defender. The route that he was, he was running took, it was a deep post over the middle. Like if he would have went outside, he would have been wide open, but I'm sure that wasn't the route he was supposed to run, but he was able to, you know, shimmy his hips, use his footwork, create enough separation and just get open and kept, caught a touchdown in the biggest game where he was out leveraged by the defender. And if that wasn't enough, I think he, well, while he's not the best blocker in the world, he's really, really tough. He's a really tough player. And that shows up on tape. And for that, for that reason, and he's, he's probably going to be ranked way down there. Like, like he's going to be ranked below the Corleys of the world, the McConkeys, the Bakers, you know? So this, I don't know if you want to call this guy like a deep sleeper. Um, but I, I think it's a guy to pay attention to because I think I think he's really good. But let me know what you think in the comments of those um, of those players. I guess I gave you six players that are rising up the rankings. Well, five that are rising up and one that is a deep sleeper that I really, really like that isn't really on too many people's radars right now. Um, don't forget to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe to the chan channel. Thank you to the Fantasy Plumber. Uh, he says football speed's the right term. So uh, uh, good. We'll have to add it to the the terms glossary here at Player Profiler. Um, Anthony looks Corley's built like a college mascot. Uh, Lad looks like he's on skates. So thank you to Anthony. Thank you to Fantasy Plumber. Thank you to Rubio. Thank you to Michael, Jav, Nicholas, everybody in the chat. Thank you to Jason for allowing me to invade his show and just spew my Bears propaganda. I appreciate it. And until next time, until Monday, I guess, because today's Friday, thanks for watching. Smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, and we will see you next time. Oh, I, hold on. I, if you know me from the Dynasty Roundtable, you'll know that I can't end the show. I can't end the show. Well, first of all, I can't, find, I can't ever find the end screen. So that's one thing. But I can't ever end the show 
without saying nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.